This is the this podcast for March 5th, 2010. It's the Jeff Glass and Blue Gal Podcast. and then got a letter from Michael Steele in the mail <laughs> and read it on the air. And uh, Hello, Drift Glass. How are you now? How are you doing? I'm almost fully recovered. You're almost fully recovered from that? I, I, uh, I, think, I think I might have sprained my screw you muscles. Oh. Um, so I put thing. some Tiger Balm on them and rested <laughs> them and, and stayed in the hot tub for a weekend. And really sort of I'm, I've worked my um, – Otre muscles back up to the fighting form oh, okay. again, so I'm not gonna burn them out. Um, but I, I am, um, in retrospect, very, very happy, uh, and I thought it was a very wise decision on your part to um, talk me off the ledge. Oh. Not in terms of what I was believing or saying, because I still believe what I said, but in terms of keeping it on the record. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to keep it on the record. Yeah. Uh, I do want to say uh, on our behalf. That um, there there were some people who were concerned about the rhetoric that was used, yes. and uh, that we that w- that you in particular might have been bordered on <laughs> eliminationist rhetoric. Yes, yes. And uh, I I want to say I I think I know you well enough that you really did not mean bodily harm to any specific one person for sure. No, absolutely And actually, not. No. I I will say in co- completely in your defense that. After we recorded that, you very specifically instructed me. <laughs> yes, I did. I did. Remove any references to anything, very anything specific that, bo- that might get uh, treasury agents knocking at your door. Anything that might possibly be construed yeah. as a, as an actual threat or an actual um, call to um, um, violence. Yeah. Um, against anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so all that you, stuff about Shimkus we had to yeah. delete. <laughs> I had to dump all that stuff. You know, that's in a landfill someplace. It is. Along, it's, yeah. it's, uh, along with we, the bodies of just, all my we enemies. We dissolved yeah. all the pixels and the yeah. and the ones and zeros and threw just them back big, into the big pot. So. No, no, they're in a lime pit out, actually. Um, they're in a lime pit with, with all my other enemies. Um, <laughs> so don't screw with me, Blue Gal. Really? Oh, see, this is what I'm talking about. No, I do not. Uh, I, I, I was, I was very um, intemperate in some of my language, but I think I, I kept it just shy of being a call to arms. No, no, I'm a great believer in the vote, yep. um, but I really, um, I will say now calmly what I said yeah. with some degree of anger last week. I really have had it with these people. Mm-hmm. Um, they have to go, and I always try to qualify that by say, saying electorally. Yeah. There you go. Um, they are free to run wild, you know, naked through their own little you know, minds and play all the little word jazz they want to keep themselves comforted. I think we should have a sort of a colonial Williamsburg for, <laughs> for you know, for Jesus land people where you can go and observe them in their natural habitat. And you can well, I don't even mind if them. they're in the Congress, provided they don't have uh, everything uh, they want with 40 votes. I think that's just tyranny. It and, is. And. Uh, and I and I honestly do feel that I I would feel that way, and I think most liberals would feel that way, even if the Republicans 
the Democrats were the ones pulling this kind of baloney because I think we liberals, uh, I, I, I think I speak for many liberals, let me say that, when I say that many of us want to see the Patriot Act repealed, even though there's a Democratic president in office. Yes, yes. That the President yeah. Obama, under the Patriot Act, has way too much power. Yes. And it's it's it should be unconstitutional, and it's wrong. And I've actually had um, arguments over at Pammy Atlas's blog. Oh, my God. Yeah, in the, in the comments thread, I actually wrote about this a couple months ago, where I just said, okay, gang, let's go repeal right. the Patriot Act, because they were yeah. freaking out that Barack Obama could spy on them all of a sudden, you know? Well, you, yeah, we've got a barn, we've got costumes, and let's put on a show. Let's one go of, on. Yeah, yeah, come on, kids, let's go repeal the Patriot Act. <laughs> yeah. And, and no get, one would come along. And you would No think. one would come along, because that would be admitting that George Bush was wrong. Right, and, and, and you would think you're any, allowed to. No, you're allowed to. You're allowed to pretend that George Bush never existed, but you're not allowed to pretend that George or to admit oh, that George Bush George, was wrong. Well, about uh, anything. Well, you're you're a little bit. I I have to disagree slightly, Blue. Okay. Um, only Clarify. very slightly, though. I, yeah. I'm going to disagree to prove your point. Or I'm going to try. First of all, um, I don't speak for some liberals. I speak for all liberals everywhere. <laughs> Um, all the people on the right should know that if you're looking for a liberal spokesman, it's me. Okay. I speak categorically and without exception for all liberals living and dead throughout all time and space. So there are, just there know are some that. other bloggers out there who are going to be really pissed. Well, you know, and I know who they are because we both I speak, know who we're talking about. because I speak for them. And I can speak for them, and, and they think they think they speak for you. No, no. See, in speaking for them, I can say that Drift Class does in fact speak for them. <laughs> So this is this is the nuclear option. I love this. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah, this is my little self-contained philosophy. <laughs> but um, um, you are allowed to disagree. First of all, you know, if you're a conservative, a real conservative, a genuine dyed-in-the-wool, actually read something, you know, about conservatism before that was written before 1997. You should be hair on fire, furious with the Patriot Act. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, absolutely indignant about it. And if you're not. Here's here's a litmus test. If you're not, you're not a conservative. You're yeah. a fascist, but you're not a conservative. Mm -hmm. um, this is an issue that both that any we should any, be able to work together on. Absolutely, I there, want to. I'm reaching out right now, and and to my and conservative yet, friends in a spirit of bipartisanship. Yes, and, let's and despite work the fact together to repeal <laughs> the Patriot Act and re, and take away power from the yes, I can't say it. The, the Kenyan. What? Sort of, the Kenyan the, what? Well, the constitutional scholar who the should damn well know better. The constitutional scholar who should be a commander-in-chief uh -huh. and not a law professor with a teleprompter. Yeah, we're back to the news. We're back to the, the word jazz. The word jazz again. Yeah. But, but, but that's the point. The point is, you know, despite the, uh, the uh, slight inflection of snark in your voice that I think I might have detected, that just was a, probably just a, just a, just a smidgen. It's a, a soupçon. It was a uh, <laughs> Uh, of snark in the voice, which I'm sure was just a Skype error. It was, sure was. It was Skype's fault. Yeah, they added you know 20% extra snark in your voice. Despite <laughs> that fact, I I know for a fact that Blue Gal would work diligently with any conservative who Absolutely. would pump, who would who would work with her to get the Patriot Act repealed. I would be delighted to um, have a press conference today. Yeah, online on video with. Pammy Atlas, saying let's we make, let's make a commercial, let's make a YouTube commercial together and uh -huh. say, 
It's time to repeal the Patriot Act. It There's a lot of things we don't agree on. for America. We disagree on almost everything. Now if you, Blue Gal, if you get that commercial, yeah, I will do the intro. I'll make it. Yeah. I will do the intro. A lot of clouds, suddenly there's a parting, and there's a voice that says, In a world, <laughs> in a world where Blue Gal can sit down with Tammy Atlas, yeah. and so forth. You know, well, another I, still era- have, I still have prayerful hopes of actually converting Pammy Atlas. Well, you, you just you keep know, praying. To, you know, to, the, to the light, to get her away from the dark side. You know, we, we, we won't, well, we won't be able to convert her on the, on the APAC stuff. I mean, no. that's, they, no. that, and, and, but, but there are a lot of APAC crazies on our side too, Pammy. Yes, there, so. are. Yes, there are. And remember, as, as Thomas Jefferson, I, probably not Thomas Jefferson, but I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it was him and someone will correct me. Um, said, you know, America has no permanent interests, only uh, permanent allies, only permanent interests. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we have permanent interests and we will make alliances with people, functional, you know, mutually beneficial alliances with people as needed. You know, it was no accident that, that when, uh, Churchill was asked about allying with Stalin to overthrow Hitler, you know, he said something about, you know, if, if devil himself, um, you know, were to, were to get on my side, I'd say something nice about him in parliament. Mm-hmm. You know, you do we you do find allies in strange places over specific issues, and there's nothing wrong with that. But there was no one at Pammy's blog who was willing to join that's, me, and that's and, and, the problem. And and the thing is, one of them actually had the um, intellectual honesty to say, uh, "I didn't have a problem with the Patriot Act when George Bush Republican was president." Right. When, when the white I Christian do. guy, and when, when the white Christian a, guy had yeah. When the white yeah. Christian conservative Republican guy who agreed. Who is, is part of my team, uh-huh. and and that's really all it is. It has yeah. it really doesn't have anything to do with policy. It just has to do with the one on, when the one on my team is spying on me. I totally trust him, but somebody well, from the other team is spying on me now. And, and the I'm thing that the thing that. that makes this you know the curse of the long memory. The thing that makes mm-hmm. this so depressing is that looking back on the passage of the Patriot Act, I remember distinctly. A lot of liberals asking a lot of conservatives, you know, when the day comes when there's a President Hillary Clinton, are you still going to be predisposed yeah, to this? Are you yeah. still going to want this on the and table? That, that are you sure you want to give president? Yeah. yeah. And the answer was, la, 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 la. It'll mm-hmm. never happen. Nothing bad will ever happen. We're gonna no, we're, we're part of this permanent Republican majority. Yeah. Don't Republican you understand? Majority. And therefore, it's fine for us to have dictatorial powers because we're going to be in charge forever. Right. And I was, I was. It also occurred to me, Blue Gal, that another place for conservatives and liberals naturally to work together f- towards their con- real conservatives, genuine, true conservatives, um, would want to work with liberals on keeping church and state separated. Yes. Don't you think so, Blue oh, Gal? What a nice segue to with the other thing I wanted to talk about. Thank Cha-ching, you. Cha-ching! That'll be five bucks there, Blue Gal. <laughs> Remind everyone that Easter yeah. weekend, mm-hmm. April second, third, and fourth, is. Blog Against Theocracy, the annual blog swarm in favor of separation of church and state. Uh-huh. And uh, we gear up for that every year. This year we'll be using Twitter uh, to keep everyone's um, – we'll have a hashtag and everyone can sort of just uh, tweet their posts and, and keep us all apprised of where you are with that. And uh, we, we're going to have a couple of, of focuses. One is on Obama's faith-based office and how – uh, kind of weird that is, uh-huh. and um, I also am going to make a personal commitment this year, which I've made before and have not kept up. But uh, one of the things I want to do personally this year is get a living will uh, signed, sealed, and delivered, so that um, 
mm-hmm. what happened to Terry Schiavo doesn't happen to me. There you go. And um, just just for the record, I mean, I know. Do you mean you don't want to be killed by liberals? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't want to be killed by liberals. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but more importantly, um, I find it interesting to talk with people about this because I've been surprised at how many people actually do want uh, extreme measures taken to save their lives. There are people out there who, you know, I'm I'm someone who says, look, if I can't blog, pull the plug. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, you can't That's blog. That's the criterion, everyone. Three days in a row. Here's my living will. Yeah, out you go. <laughs> you know, if if my legs are gone, fine. You know. <laughs> But if my brain and mind and fingers are gone and I'm not able to function in that way, in the way that I'm yes. functioning right now. If, if you can't answer the call, Lazarus, come blog. Yes, really. Uh, it's over. Just, it's over just pull it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, there, are, there are people, I have talked to people who say, no, I really want every avenue yeah. taken to save yeah. my life. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. If you... Write it down and let your family know so that exactly. they don't have to make these incredibly painful decisions. And right. it's written down, and you've done it while you're healthy. Um, then great, and then you're great. done. You're done. Put it in an envelope, and you know. If, and you know what? Those attitudes change over time. Sure. So if you change your mind, Keep you can fresh. change your mind. But mm-hmm. make sure your family members and your friends know what your intentions are. That's the uh, kindest gift you can give your loved ones. To them, really absolutely. Is. And do you have any specific Easter traditions there, Blue Gal? Myself? Yeah. Uh, I have a very special one that oh, I'd like really? to share with the audience. Oh, yeah. please do. Uh, I always watch the greatest movie ever made, which is The Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments. With Charlton Heston. With Charlton Heston. Because there, there is, in my opinion... Very few more awesome movies than the Ten Commandments, which in in important ways prefigures um, Soylent Green. Oh wow! Because which also starred Everybody Charlton Heston. Everybody, take a drink. Yes, thank you. <laughs> which was based on a book called Make Room by Make Room by Harry Harrison, mm-hmm. and which starred also starred Charlton Heston and Edward G. Robinson. Yeah, interesting. And uh, I watched uh, the Ten Commandments because it is friggin' awesome. Um, because you learn Moses' middle name, which is Moses. Moses, because if Moses. You, Moses, <laughs> Moses, Moses. And you, oh, you find out all sorts of secrets. You find out that people in the Bible always kissed both, both facing the camera. Um, nobody's face was ever away from the camera. Uh, you learn that, um, <laughs> that beards can be creepy. Mm-hmm. You learn all about Vincent Price being able to work a whip. Which is, you know, oh, always wow. interesting. Um, you learn that nobody worked the cape better than Yule Friggin Brenner. Yeah, absolutely not. You know? Moses, 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 Moses. Nobody could fling a piece of jewelry across the room and still look as manly yeah. as Yule Brenner. Uh, and it just—it's just the best darn movie going. Um, you know, destruction of people, throwing things on the ground. Is that um, tradition? Oh God, yes. I know. Oh. I know it by heart. It's sad. Amazing. I really, you know, and imagine my shock when I read the actual Bible and discovered that <laughs> that Cecil that the Bible got it all the wrong. Thought, the thought that you read the Bible after yeah. you saw the Ten well, of Commandments and the, and I the had Bible to read got the book, it wrong. you know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, you left out all this good stuff, you know. Yeah. What, in, in the in the Bible, Moses is not a nice guy. He's not a hero. He's he's kind of a jerk. Yeah. And kind of weasel, and he's much more of a typical, a typically. This is why Bible. This is why. Well, he's a drunken fa- stepfather too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that nobody he, talks about it. They just cover just, him with a blanket and say, "All right, all right, we'll be back in yeah. a little bit." 
He was and, naked and, in the tent, passed out drunk, and the yeah. sons just went, all right, we're just, Whatever we won't look, yeah. you know. We'll, just, uh. well, and that's the part of the Bible that, this is what, if I, if I were, this, this is the third most angry I get at, you know, what I call Christopaths, you know, the evangelical Bible thumpers, is that they, they put people off of reading the Bible mm-hmm. as literature. The Bible is great literature. It has wonderfully complex stories with morally ambiguous heroes who meet horrible deaths and who do great triumphant things, but who start off badly. All the heroes in the Bible are imperfect. They all make horribly bad mistakes. (laughs) They all disappoint God. And God still says, all right, I still need you. You know, yeah, you're imperfect. Well, I guess guess at this point, too, we should should do full disclosure here because I am a church-going Christian. Yes, and you are. I am. And um, you, it's you, almost like you've studied this stuff. It's before. almost like I've no? sort of got a degree in divinity or something. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> from some <laughs> Ivy League institution somewhere. Doesn't it sound that way to you, Drift Class? Uh, um, filthy, filthy le- uh, left coast elitist. A left coast elitist. Yeah. Ivy League institution in go, go Cambridge, Massachusetts. You would think yeah. that some divinity school had conferred paper on me or something. <laughs> God but, forbid. God forbid. God forbid. But in my adult Sunday school class last Sunday, we got off on this tangent because we're talking about Lent and the crucifixion and the Easter story and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. It always seems to now go back to Mel Gibson's movie, <laughs> <laughs> and, which is so disgusting to me. I know. That that's that's Isn't now that... when we talk about the crucifixion, we have to talk about Mel yeah. Gibson's movie. Yeah. And they're yeah. inevitably in any group of adults that has had, and I have not seen that movie, and I won't go see it. No, I haven't either. But and I won't, yeah, you know, no. it is a, it is enough of the zeitgeist that I sort of get that it was a premier gore Fangoria yeah. hit. You know, it was, it was violence porn. Violent yeah. porn. The inevitably, what will happen in a group of adults who are familiar with this movie? Someone will inevitably say, "Well, my Bible says this actually happened." Really? And yeah. uh-huh. my point is always to to counter with, "Yes, but are we discussing all of this because that's what happened to Jesus, mm-hmm. or are we discuss- are we here today?" <laughs> You know, depending on your calendar, between 2,000 and 2,500 years later, still uh-huh. talking about this because of something else that happened to Jesus. Yes, yes. <laughs> and what well, are the, what are those things? <laughs> well, which, and, you know... And it really opens ever... people's mind to say, oh, yeah, wait a minute, Easter isn't about the... That's right. That's right. <laughs> My goodness. Jesus well, didn't I'm... want you to remember that he was... In, as, as, I'm going to I'm going to make everyone take a drink now as Douglas <laughs> Adams said <laughs> as the great prophet Douglas Adams said hmm? nailed to a tree for telling yeah. us all to be nice to each other <laughs> Yeah, that's the best one-line summation one of, of, of the Christian the story yeah. for telling us we ought to try to be nice to each other yeah. um you know, that's not why we celebrate Easter. No, Hallelujah. Not. No, it's not. It's, and, and you know, it, it really, for those of you who haven't read that the, the, that particular piece of literature before, um, there are different interpretations of what happened yes, on that exactly. day in different books. Exactly. 
there's different birthplaces. There are different yeah. dates of birth. Mm-hmm. There are different. Uh, there's two or three different creation stories in Genesis mm-hmm. that it you know it sort of reboots itself a couple depending on how you read it. At least two or three different creation stories right in Genesis. And That's I learned makes, something else this week about the Bible that I bet you didn't know because I didn't know and I had really? learned it even in seminary back really? when I was in seminary school. Oh, now I'm going to start quoting the great Jim Morrison. You want <laughs> all you want to prophets. You bet me. You want to put money on it? We're, we're, we're. Uh-huh. Okay, all right. All right. Uh, what day of the week did Jesus turn water into wine? Thursday. No. Yeah, it was a Thursday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it was on, it was, well, okay, what was the event at which he turned water into wine? It was a wedding. It was his wedding. I, I, <laughs> I would, yeah, if you... <laughs> Well, if you, if you, if you, I, my understanding is if you read, um, traditional, uh, law of time, well, if you, if you simply read the, the law of, of the time, Mm -hmm. he was, his role, he was acting as a groom at that wedding and his mother was certainly acting like the mother of the groom. And interpretation. Yes. Well, it's, you know, it's, it's the only valid one as far as I'm concerned. All right. But no, what, what, what day did he turn water into wine? If this, this is a terrible joke, I will. No, Start no, it's not it. a terrible joke at all. It's really, it, it's really a biblically based, factual thing. Mm-hmm. It turns out that um, in the creation story, the third day, when God creates the heavens and the earth on the third, the third day is when He creates dry land mm-hmm. in, in Genesis. Mm-hmm. That is the only day in Genesis when the words "and He called it good" appear twice. Ah. Uh, a desert Bedouin people would think that dry land was a very good thing. That's true. And That's so the very third, good point. The third day is is in Hebrew theology, apparently cons- called the double good day or the twice good day. Okay. And that because it's the twice good day, you get a double blessing for being married on ah. Tuesday. On a what day? Tuesday, which on is Tuesday. the third day. I see. Now, if you go to the Gospels and look at what day the wedding in Cana was, it starts out, and on the third day, Jesus went to a wedding in Galilee. Mm-hmm. And you think, the third day after what? No. <laughs> the third day is it's the third day. It's Tuesday. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's the day. And, if, and the person that was giving this talk that I went to this week said... Ask your Orthodox Jewish friends what day they got, what day of the week they got married, and inevitably they will say Tuesday, which is very interesting. That's fascinating, and I believe I owe you a drink now. <laughs> you owe me a lot of drinks, Drift. But I will say that you you now have given up your right forever yes. to call me out on being a geek if when I start getting <laughs> off on the backstory of Cordwainer Smith. <laughs> And and his real name, oh, and that's why here, this is why Asian people appear in his stories, and here's why Harlan Ellison used Cordwainer Bird as his pseudonym. So just bite ooh, me on that, okay? Ooh, ooh. Yeah, 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 sorry. I'm hyperventilating now. Yeah. <laughs> this has been a triple dose of theo-science fictionology with Blue Gal. I don't know Drift how Live. I'm going to edit this. I just don't um, even. But there's really no way to do it. You no, know? there like, really isn't. Just paste <laughs> it up there, Blue Gal. 
Like um, George Lucas. <laughs> this is all bound together. It's all yeah. intermingled. It's all, and, and really, you yeah. can't take any can't part take any of, of it the out, Phantom man. Menace out yeah. because it will completely fall apart. Right. It's not a screw-up. It's an edgy new technology. It's an edgy new way of storytelling. No, George, it was a real big screw-up. It was screw horrible. <laughs> to you, you know, and what we are both alluding to is the best damn movie review you'll ever it's see in your 70, life. It's 80 minutes, isn't it? Yeah, it's about 70 or 80 minutes of a go to Google. Google Red Hour Films. Uh-huh. Red Hour? One of those, Red Hour, it's either Red Hour or, um, I'm going to look that up right now. It's, one, it's, of, one of them is Ben Stiller's channel, and the other is this movie channel. Which is the best damn movie review you'll ever read in your Unbelievable. life. Unbelievable. This guy does, I don't know, I have nothing to compare him to. Um... He does movie it's, reviews of of the of the Star Wars and Star Trek trilogies that are so fantastic. It is to movie reviews what a tramp abroad is to red travel media. travel books. Red letter media, that's it. That's if you it. look at red letter yeah, red red hour films is Ben Stiller's channel. And yeah. Red Letter Media is Star Wars The Phantom Menace Review Part Seven of Seven. Yeah. <laughs> He, he does a lot of reviews. Apparently, Star Trek is one of the things he Avatar. Bangs. He did a two-part yeah. review of Avatar, which was fine. But his masterpiece, his absolutely head and shoulders masterpiece, was the review of With the seven-part, seventy-minute-long review of Star yeah. Wars: The Phantom Menace. Yeah. And when it's, I when you told me to watch this, I said, uh -huh. "Yeah, I'm going to watch seventy minutes of YouTube review <laughs> of Star Wars: The Phantom Menace." That came and out how many years ago? 70 years, right. 70 minutes later, uh -huh. I'm holding my sides in laughing so it's, hard. It was, it was, it, it was, was it, it's, it's his Moby Dick. It really it is. is. It's, it's, it's Moby Dick. It's amazing. And the Star Trek Nemesis reviews aren't bad either. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's all good, but really the, the masterpiece is the, the yes, review of one of the worst movies ever made. And as he said, <laughs> you can't take it back. Yeah, it will be yes. out there forever. Yes. And when some young child tells you that the worst Star Wars movie ever made is Episode Five because the, the, it's the so Empire Strikes boring, Back. Empire Strikes Back because it's boring and nothing happens. Uh -huh. You can just drive a stake through their eyeball. <laughs> yeah. Tell them to shut up. <laughs> Tell them to shut up. Because <laughs> yeah, you don't know what. Yeah, it was. It's a thing of beauty. It really, it really is wonderful. It is words deployed in in the bestest possible way yeah. of. of now reading. I've got to watch it again. It's just so. It's just that good. It's it really good. is. Well, let's see. We've gone from. <laughs> Blog Against Theocracy to a little bit, because I have it. science fiction, yep. Michael Steele, a little touch all? on have the healthcare summit today, um, which in itself is a is a vast undertaking. Well, really as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm now waiting for the Republicans to tell me that it's the motion of the ocean. Because <laughs> <laughs> they got know. nothing else. Yeah, they got it's nothing. Like, they got nothing. And uh, again, I would feel... I would feel amused and pitied. I would, my, my primary emotions towards them would be amusement and pity if they hadn't screwed my country up so bad. Yeah, yeah. But they don't get that because no. un until we clean up their mess. And, I, and do, until I, I do think we do need to temper our our. Um, I do think we need to temper our impulse to uh, allow our own heads to explode over this by reminding ourselves that they do appear to be self-destructing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and honestly, that things have been worse before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
as angry as I get sometimes, as impatient as I get, as infuriated as I get, um, over the, the long arm of history, the long arc of history, I'm sorry, the long arc of history does bend towards justice. It does bend towards justice. Although I have to say, I am a little bit disheartened by the by clicking on a link that talked about a student protest. Uh-huh. There was a student protest at the University of Santa Clara today, this week. Two hundred okay. and three between two hundred and three hundred students and faculties have participated in this protest. And would you like to take a guess as to what the protest is about? Oh no! Okay. Is it um, uh, freedom of speech? Civil rights. It's not even saving the dolphins. Labor law. <laughs> no. tra- child treating treating people better in the workplace. <laughs> um, extending uh, marriage rights to gay people. Anything noble okay. like that? Anything that I would be proud to be a part of? Anything like that? According to the Chronicle of Higher Education, students at the University of Santa Clara have organized a campus-wide call AT&T to complain day that encourages AT&T users to give the company an earful about allegedly poor reception in some dormitories. Yeah, yeah. That's good. And they marched. That's good. Fight the power, baby. Fight the power. Fight the power. <laughs> and on that note. Uh-huh. I could just see Mario Savio, and some of you know who that is, you know, taking off his glasses and saying, and sometimes the operation of your of your cell phone becomes so odious. <laughs> But you must lay your body down on top of your cell phone and say, no more, no more. <laughs> on that um, sobering note, I, I can think of no better ending for this section of our phone call yeah. than play us out, Internet Kitty. Play us out, Internet Kitty. Amen. Which has become, you know, the beloved. Off. Yeah, why, I don't know. I was, <laughs> I, was, I was drunk and I said something silly and now I have to live with it the rest of my life. You have life. to live with it for the rest of your life. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> It's not the first time that's happened, eh, Blue Gal? (laughs) I wouldn't know. podcast is produced under a Creative Commons license, copyright 2010, Driftglass Blue Gale Podcast.